it's like 1960s New York. Yeah. yeah. You must be wearing at least three items of the correct gender. If uh, those buttons are on the wrong side. Yeah. Into the that- van ye go. <laughs> into the paddy wagon. So, I mean, were you guys presidents of your organizations or no? I was a co-president of mine and then became the vice president. That's fine. So you can talk from both perspectives. That's good. Oh, the people didn't change. We just changed what we called ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we had to. I had to do the same thing, too, for mine. Yeah. We went from a co-presidency to a vice presidency and a presidency. And then we mm-hmm. went from a president to having a president, a treasurer, a vice president, and then someone that did like activities. Yeah. When my friend AJ and I took over the GSA our sophomore year, because our freshman year, everyone in the GSA, which was only like five people, were all seniors. And it was just like the president and her friends. So we took it over and we we're like, okay, we can just be co-presidents. And yeah. we were until senior year when we were filling out college admission stuff. And we we're like, maybe we should like pick who the vice president and president is just because co-president doesn't look as good on a resume. I mean, like that was just our thought process at the time. I don't know whether it was a good thought process, but that was just a thought process. Yeah. At the time, we decided that AJ would be the president and I would be the vice president because I was a bit more of a hot mess at the time. <laughs> so we both agreed that like AJ should probably be the president, the one dealing with administrative stuff. Because I was also like the more like gregarious one of the two. So I did a lot more of the like public facing type stuff. And we wanted it to be like an actual GSA of like every week we will meet on Fridays and we'll talk about queer current events and stuff like that and actually organize things. We also, we changed the name because AJ and I were both transgender, are both transgender, from Gay Straight Alliance to Gender Sexuality Alliance, even though three years after we changed it, it was still coming up as Gay Straight Alliance on the activities page, which we could not figure out why was happening. We asked so many times for it to be changed, but, uh, you know, bureaucracy. Was that like a thing that was going on, like where GSA was shifting from Gay Straight Alliance to Gender Sexuality Alliance at the time? Because like, I didn't hear it being referred to as Gender Sexuality Alliance until working with NAMI. And I started actually going to GSAs and speaking and they were referring to them as that. And I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense. But also I never heard it before. Ours was not apropos of any other club being called Gender Sexuality Alliance. Ours was just because neither of us identified as gay specifically at the time. And we had generally like the perspective that the GSA should be more about the queer people rather than straight people, which like, of course, like allies were invited. You didn't have to come out to come to the meetings. But we also just wanted gender to be in the name of it because of us being transgender. And because the previous leadership was all like cis, bisexual women and lesbians. 
it's possible that that might have been a trend in GSAs at the time, and I just don't remember. But I do remember it being related to us wanting to pull in the gender aspect. Okay, I was just wondering, and I didn't know if like mm-hmm. you, you guys had like seen on like Listen or something back in the day, like, oh, that's a great idea kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. It's made me feel old because... <laughs> I, I did start my GSA in high school and this would be probably like 2010 now ish. It wasn't my freshman year. It was like my sophomore year. Honestly, I wanted to start it because I read so many of those little young adult gay boy books back in the day, like the OGs, <laughs> Rainbow Boys by Alex Sanchez and all that and David Levithan and everything. And they always had a freaking GSA that they went to. And I was like, I want to be like those little gay boys. So I was like, I want to put it together. And they were like, you have to go through the school counselor or whatever. I was like, okay. And so we did that. And it was actually like really popular in the very first meeting. But like, I didn't know how to run a club because I'm like not that kind of person. Did you um, have an advisor to go? Well, on? it was like the the counselor thing, but she was just like, y'all knew whatever. And there was like, it got to a point where it was literally just like a couple of us. And I was like, a support group leader. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) As like a sophomore in high school. So, you know, this um, is now the gay support group. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. And then it just kind of phased out. Um, But it was really hard because like our school was so like, I mean, all high schools are focused on like extracurriculars or or whatnot. But with Mm -hmm. Going to a Votech school, it was like, you know, there was like sports and Skills USA and Science Olympiad and like nothing else. Like nothing can compete with those three things. I think that definitely one of the advantages that my school had over other schools was that our clubs did not meet after school unless they were sports related. Our clubs met during what was called the activity period, which was a 30 minute period in the middle of the day. So what you ended up doing was every single day, you would have a choice of what activity period to go to. And there were like study halls and like the chess club and the debate club and all that sort of stuff. Stuff like Model UN and stuff still met after school, like the bigger, more structured ones. Like mock trial too. Yes, mock trial. I had a couple mock trial kids in my homeroom. They were a lot. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, so we didn't have to contend with kids just wanting to get home and like do stuff or, you know, other after school extracurriculars. We just had to compete with the during the school curriculars. And the thing with like the extracurriculars too was that the study halls were always full. Like you had to run to get to one of the rooms that was doing study for the activity period. And so one of the ways that we boosted our attendance was saying, you can come and study while you are in the club. You just have to be coming for reasons related to the fact that it's a GSA. Come for the fact that it's a GSA, but you can also study while the club is happening. That's okay. Because a lot of the people would have ended up going to one of the study clubs instead. I haven't heard of another school that does it that way. Um, Um, Really Catholic school. 
Yeah, so we we didn't have a GSA in high school, but um, well, that's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. We did have an activity period once a week, and I believe it was on Thursdays, if I remember correctly, where <laughs> similar to what you had, you could go to any kind of organization that you wanted. Um, and as soon as you got there, you had to sign up for it, whatever, show up, participate, or you were able to do a study room, but mm -hmm. that was involved in our homerooms. So we didn't have to like, kind of like what you did, you had to compete basically to get to a study hall. We didn't have to do that. If we decided yeah. not to go, it was a free period for us and we could play games in our homeroom or we could work on schoolwork or we could talk and like network and talk to people. But yeah. I'm sorry. The idea of high schoolers networking is very funny to me. Uh, but yeah, the thing with the thing with our activity period was that it was every single day. Oh, so, yeah, it was once yeah, a week. 30 minutes out of every day was an activity period. So our GSA always met on Fridays right. um, and different clubs would meet at different days. So there wasn't like super intense competition of you get one activity period a week and you got to pick where you're going. It was just competition of who else is holding their clubs on Fridays. Yeah. They were originally on Wednesday. I think, but we moved it to Friday because for some reason, everything was on Wednesdays and AJ and I were both like, there are other clubs we want to go to as well. <laughs> so we had to figure that out too. But yeah, every single day you could look at the activity period roster and it would list what clubs were in what rooms and also which rooms were like the study rooms. So my school, it's so funny. It's like right like as my GSA died, my school piloted something similar to this, but it was much more rigid and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> they like phased it out after like, I don't know, like a half a year or something. It was that sort of concept of like the 30 to 45 minute like study like club thing but like you had to choose your club ahead of time and you weren't allowed to change it and it was like not once not every day or once a week or anything it was like once like a month or something like that and so it died Ooh, as well gross. yeah um, that's rough that's gross yeah with uh, the activity periods in the morning in homeroom, you would sign up for what activity period you were going to. And then when you showed up to that activity period, you would sign in at the room. And supposedly it was an accountability thing, but I think that they only ever checked their records if someone got in trouble <laughs> and they wanted to know whether that person was where they said they were going to be. You were also not allowed to go to the library during activity period. So there was always charter students sneaking into the library and trying to pass themselves off as cab students to uh, be able to use the library during their uh, activity period. That's so cute. Y'all are so cute over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I kid. It's just uh, Votech schools are way different, man. They're way different. Yeah, I have a lot of stories, but I don't think this is the podcast. For <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something we could address. What can you do if this yeah. is happening to you? Um, what can you do if you also get shoved into a locker? <laughs> like you're in an 80s movie. I don't even know if that happens anymore. Every time I tell people about that, they're like, that still happens. I'm like, I don't know, but it was happening when I was in middle school. <laughs> I was also like a, a really small kid, so that didn't really help.
like swirlies. Do swirlies even happen anymore? I don't know. I think that it probably happens less amongst uh, AFAB kids. AFAB privilege. <laughs> yeah. Which, though, also, like, the gang shoved in the locker thing, like, I feel like stereotypically happened to boy nerds, but it just happened to me because, I don't know. It didn't it never happen to me. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing, too, is a... a I feel like my school took way more seriously the boys bullying girls thing than it did girls bullying other girls, which is interesting to me because I feel like so many people talk about boys getting off easy for bullying girls because it's like, oh, boys will be boys and he just likes you. Whereas in my case, it was like, we know he doesn't like you because you are not a likable person. So he must actually be bullying you. I feel like it wasn't it just wasn't addressed in school my advice is doing what my sister did which was biting people <laughs> she never got bullied <laughs> everybody was too scared of her i was just called a bunch of slurs in the bathroom like what oh see people didn't think i was gay or trans like at that point i buried all that very far down i was just like i did not understand any social cues whatsoever so i couldn't actually tell when people were bullying me um, unless they like actually like physically attacked me and, and so it was mostly just like that's the weird kid we're picking on you because you're the weird kid and it's just like even in middle school the stupid cooties thing i would go around like smacking people who said that i was going to give them cooties just so that i would actually give them cooties and then they would freak out people used to say i would give them cooties because i like guys so yeah i had some of that because you know i was undiagnosed autistic growing up so there was mm -hmm. a lot of like confusion there so i was definitely like labeled as the weird kid but then like very early on that got also like being like the weird lesbo kid or whatnot mm. because of growing up as like tomboyish and everything and all that so they were like you're weird and you know this slur that slur we're gonna push you down the stairs kind of stuff who got pushed down the stairs um it was it was fine it was You've not that bad down the stairs before it was, it was not that bad Wes. I'm, I'm exaggerating it's fine i'm sorry you can't exaggerate wow. push down the stairs that's not possible i mean okay when i say that i didn't mean i meant like we were walking like up or down the stairs and i got pushed a little and i stumbled but like i don't mean like i've like felt like lifetime story like nothing like that yeah. a lot of tripping a lot of yeah i did i i, I had glasses since third grade so there were a few times glasses were broken so stuff like that the four eyes joke yeah but they were they were more into the homophobic bullying though like that that got i got that mark very early on it's so interesting to me because like i never got homophobic slurs because by the time that i actually came out people did not bully me anymore I, I'm still not entirely sure why the bullying stopped when I got to high school because fundamentally not very much changed. But I think that the school I went to middle school to also just had much more of like a culture of bullying. This might also be because I'm three years younger than you. 
too, but the sort of fag and homo and stuff like that, but it's not really a part of the vernacular of the kids who were bullying me. That sort of stuff was only directed at guys and I was not a guy. Right. Girls did not get called like homo or queer or anything like that. There were also like, there were no out gay people at all at my school. Like, no, middle school. Okay. Like I knew another, like I was identifying as a girl at the time. I knew another bisexual girl, but that was just because it was like that sort of like whisper conversation of like, I trust you. I know you're going to be an okay person to talk to. Um, Cause we were talking about Freddie Mercury and it's just like, you know, I'm bisexual. And she was like, oh my God, me too. So we just like bonded over loving Freddie Mercury. yeah I was I was out starting like middle school but that was kind of like a response like people were like bullying me for that before and I was Mm -hmm. just like yeah what about it and that made things worse but I was like what like I can't hide it you know there's you know I was called out for it I guess so I was also like I don't know if it played into it or if this was just the time but like being like an emo kid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the time and like being obsessed with like my chemical romance and stuff like that like that was very known and like you know I brought like their stuff to school and whatnot and people saw that that I liked that kind of stuff and so I think that also was a part of like why I in particular got that kind of you know label because you know oh not only being seen as a girl but you know being super masked but also only friends with girls and all the people that she likes are boys that look like girls and blah, blah, blah. So that's how that was kind of like understood by other people. But I also went to schools that were not like one of my middle schools was in like inner city Wilmington. Our schools didn't have a lot of funding kind of situation. I didn't go to school. Like that's like, I don't want to say that that necessarily means that the kids were worse or whatnot, but just that's, mm-hmm. I think that all contributed to the culture where it was a lot easier or it was a lot more common for people to be like that. But on the other side, a lot, there were a lot of out queer kids then. I mean, nobody that was trans, but I knew a lot of people who were thinking about it. I knew a lot of kids who experimented. I knew like there was this like torrid drama. Like I had way more drama in like seventh and eighth grade than any other time (laughs) of my life. (laughs) And so that's just, that's just really, it's really interesting to think about that now, I guess. Yeah, that is really interesting because one of the things that made it so that I stopped getting bullied as much for my appearance was being a scene kid, was I could finally, (laughs) don't laugh at me, Brent. (laughs) I finally found a sort of aesthetic to adopt that made me a little bit less picked on than freaking weird kid in swishy pants. (laughs) I I had that layered haircut and I wore the big chunky headbands and like the black and purple plaid shirts and the black skinny jeans. And I wanted Converse, but my mom wouldn't pay for them because they're too expensive. So I didn't have those. Now they're like $10 for a pair of Converse. So I I wouldn't know. (laughs) They're cheap now. All right. Uh, But I wanted the ones that like went all the way up to my knees. (laughs) 
Okay. I can You don't see. remember those? Of course I do. Okay. <laughs> of course. How could I not? <laughs> the fingerless gloves and all uh-huh. that sort of stuff. The, yeah. the tutus and stuff that went along with them. No, that Did wasn't me. Any of the tutus, like the frilly, like not frilly, but like um, what am I what's the word I'm looking for? Do you know what I'm talking about, Wes? Oh, I yeah. do, yeah. The the mosquito netting looking tutus that were like bright neon pink or like neon blue. That was a little bit more intense than I went <laughs> as a as a scene kid. Uh, I I was not the sort of like five billion bracelets sort of scene kid. I was like two bracelets oh, I, scene I kid. Wore a lot of bracelets growing up. I think it yeah. Was- Oh, yeah, the striped gloves that went up to, like, your elbows. Oh, yeah. At one point, I had 23 bracelets on. When I was in middle school, there was, like, it wasn't that it was school and whatnot, but, like, there was, like, a dedicated few, like, a handful. Like, there were, like, the emo kids, and then there were, like, the, you know, cool emo kids, of which I was not a part of. But they were, like, also, this was when the Grange was still a thing. Yep. Which, I don't know if you're that aware of i didn't really go i only went to the grange one i don't remember that i don't even know what that is julian it was in your area too it it was like the limestone road area what is the grange okay so a little bit of dollar history (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the grange was this thing i mean it was a little bit before my time too because i was not one of these cool middle schoolers um but uh it was like i don't know how to explain it it was like a house it was almost like a converted like barn or something you know and it was like all white and like local like bands would play there and it was usually like you know screamo or you know that kind of music and people yeah people would go and like there would be like a mosh pit and stuff and then there was like a counter and you could buy like one dollar hot dogs or whatever (laughs) if you wanted to do that I guess it was a big mosh pit scene place yeah okay see I think my problem was I wasn't friends with many other scene kids got it okay yeah but it was also like it wasn't just like that's where the skater boys went and stuff like that like I remember it was actually like around that time too that the Grange was actually dying and so I remember all the little skater boys in my like eighth grade class were like you know always crying about that and being like we have to support it and stuff and I was like I don't have enough money for that drama but okay that that might be it it might have been dead in the three years between us because when I was around like the big thing was going to the pal like pal dances yep Yep, that was no that was a grade school thing that was not a high school thing for me oh my gosh it was middle school for me and my mom would not let me go to them that was a smart move on her part I have no idea what that, that is what does pal actually stand for it's like police something or another like friends of the police or some something like that police athletic yes league? yes police athletic league it was this very large building in hocus and it was across from uh my mother's church actually and those were known for being the sluttiest of the slutty dances because the 
gymnasium they were held in apparently was so huge that it was almost impossible for adults to actually chaperone what was happening in the middle of the dance floor. And they also did not care. So essentially, Wes, what people did, what kids did while they danced there was grinding. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of what happened at the Grange, but also that was just the middle school dances. Where I live, where I grew up, uh, we didn't need the pal. We just did that in our years at our dances. <laughs> no, 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 no. My dances included a lot of that in middle school, for sure. The pal at my school was known for a lot more than just grinding. We're talking like stories of people like hooking up in the bathrooms and stuff like that, like way, way, way more than just, you know, bumping and grinding <laughs> on each other. I was never involved in that, so I can neither confirm nor deny that. Yeah, I like that the most scandalous thing about the PAL dances that reached you was stuff that's normal for most middle school dances. <laughs> Keep in mind, I went to a Catholic school, so like, no, only kind of dance we had, like we didn't really have dances and get togethers like that in grade school. Yeah, your dances were all leave room for Jesus. Yep. <laughs> how, how did teachers react to you guys like in middle and high school? Because I find I found that teachers for me were always like they either adored me, loved the ground I walked on, adored me, or they were like, you are the spawn of Satan. And I wish I could fail you. Do you mean like in regard to like who we are as individuals? Like, I mean, for me, it definitely blurred because, you know, I was like a teacher's pet and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I was, it was because I was good in classes and whatnot that teachers liked me for sure. But I mean, like I always had a very split, like, of course there were teachers who were just like, yeah, you're a good kid, whatever. But for the most part, teachers were very like, I love you and I wish I could adopt you or you're a spawn of Satan and I'm mad that you're actually like getting an A in this class because I want to fail you because I hate you. Well, so I actually had a teacher in seventh grade. She was concerned that I like individuals of the same gender and I even had a face-to-face parent-teacher conference about that. Oh my god. And then when I was in high school, nothing like that happened, but my teachers either, like you just said, loved me or they like absolutely despised me and did everything they could to like try and get me to fail. And like I I always found it that it was more so the English teachers that were either they loved me or they hated me. And then everybody else just like loved me. That is so interesting to me. I feel like like you, Wes, I was a very polarizing student. (laughs) There were a lot of teachers who liked me as a student in that I was a good student. I got good grades. Um, I generally was not quote unquote troublesome in class, but a lot did not actually like me as a person. (laughs) It's just like you get good grades. I don't have to worry about failing you or anything like that. But I wish that people would stop disrupting the class by bullying you. Like, like there was there was so much victim blaming around bullying at my school it's essentially trying to blame you for being bullied oh yeah that was a lot of the messages i got from the teachers was just like if you just did this or if you just did that then like people wouldn't bully you it's like oh you have no idea what this is about huh disgusting that's what that is yeah i generally found that teachers that didn't like me were way more homophobic and in fact i actually had an openly transphobic teacher <laughs> in high school who was a general sciences as well as my physics teacher. I had him twice. Yay me. (laughs) Um, But also he was like a creationist and he was very strange. 
I had one of those in middle school. It, it was weird though. She would literally preach in class. And unlike you, Brent, I did not go to a Catholic school. And so it, it was a public school. You are not supposed to do that in public schools, but she did it anyway. And so like that was like seventh grade was me like butting into my like atheism. I was reading like Nietzsche, like all that sort of stuff, which like way too young to be <laughs> reading that, but relatable. Yeah, I also read Freud at, in like the sixth grade. That was also bad. Don't do that. So like I hated her. I did not like her at all. But I was one of the few students that wasn't doing poorly in her like class. And so she was like, ah, yes, this is the student that is going well. I am going to like this student and no other student in my class because this is the student that's performing the best under my terrible, horrible teaching. And she also liked me because my dad at night would read us a lot of old books, books that he read as a little kid. And so we had to read a bunch of those books in that English class. And one of the reasons she liked me is because I had already read those books. And I even went so far as to we read The Little Prince in that class and I brought in the 70s movie version of The Little Prince, which I got bullied about that. Like... There's like this one scene in that movie. I don't know if either of you have seen that movie. It's worth watching just because it's so funny. I don't even know if you'll be able to find it. But there's like this one scene where like this dude who is like actually looking back on it kind of gay coded who's doing this like snake in the grass dance and song number, which was people really latched on to that. They didn't pay attention to the rest of the movie. <laughs> It was just like, oh, yeah, this guy's singing about being a snake in the grass. Because one of the things that the movie did was a lot of the scenes in the book where there were like anthropomorphized creatures, like they made them actual humans. I swear, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but the same thing happened to me my sophomore year of high school was I had this teacher who, again, I hated. She was terrible. She, again, was like the kind that picked favorites and then treated everyone else like crap. And I was one of her favorites because she was a British literature teacher and I did Shakespeare growing up. Like that was the majority of my acting. I'd been acting since I was five and almost all of it was Shakespeare. And she actually came to see me perform once during the school year, which was super weird. I mean, it was kind of my fault because she asked me why I knew Shakespeare and I told her that I'd been like acting. She was like, oh, are you going to do any anytime soon? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this young actor's workshop soon. She was like, oh, you should let me know the date. And I was like, okay. You didn't think twice. You just gave it to him. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> I didn't think it was a big deal. Like plenty of people come to see me perform. English teachers were definitely, I feel like, very polarizing. And I think it's funny that I ended up having two teachers that were very much the same way of like, they really liked me because I was familiar with the things that they were teaching. And I think particularly in middle school, because I went to a school that was, well, it was a magnet school. So like half of the student population was from the surrounding area, which is the inner city Wilmington. And the other half choiced in to the school because it had biotech pathways. And so you ended up getting like a pretty discordant 
mix of students because a lot of the kids who choiced in did not talk to the kids who were from the surrounding area and there was like definitely an issue of like elitism and stuff like that and I was one of the kids that ended up choicing in so that was one of the issues she was essentially trying to teach these old 70s books to a bunch of 12 year olds in the year 2010 (laughs) and it's just like why are you surprised that nobody wants to read these nobody wants to engage with this literature Terran Wanderer is completely incomprehensible to these kids they are not familiar with the language that's being used they are not familiar with the syntax that's being used it's not something that you're going to reach very many kids with and that was one of the issues was because the teacher liked me because I knew what the books were about that also became like another reason to bully me it was just like oh well you think you're smarter than us don't you and of course I was like an idiot back then and it's just like well I get better grades which is the wrong answer to a question like that <laughs> I'm dead yeah I feel like social studies teachers really liked me mm. I had ew why all, you say all that of mine like hated me all of mine hated me so I'm sorry okay. you took social studies at a catholic school why does that surprise you listen I, I I figured at least a couple of my professors or teachers would like me. Look at the kind of social that they're studying. (laughs) Just saying. Where's the leave button? How do I leave this call? (laughs) No, you're an important part of this podcast. Go ahead, Wes. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I'm just thinking and like for all the other subjects, I feel like it was very like dependent on the teacher and sort of the year and everything like that. I feel like math was always totally ambivalent to me. Like they never cared about me (laughs) Um, one way or the other. They're just like, just pass, please. (laughs) But with science, like I had that one super homophobic and transphobic guy like twice in high school. But then I also had, since I went to Votech, my like trade or like we call them shops and stuff was chem lab so I took three years of chemistry on top of the on top of both like the usual amount of like what you're supposed to take so for us it was like chemistry as well as general sciences biology physics and advanced bio and the biology teacher I had him for both biology and advanced bio oh and we took anatomy too but I didn't count that (laughs) biology and advanced bio was like amazing his name was Mr. Gross and he was like one of the hottest teachers there he was not gross (laughs) he was the opposite of gross okay (laughs) um we we were all in love with him and he was really nice um and he kept snakes and all these other little creatures in his room so that was nice but yeah I always had social studies teachers on lock I don't know My uh, homeroom teacher at Charter, we had the same homeroom teacher all four years. So you come in that day, that is who you're stuck with. And my homeroom teacher got fired for being racist. So that probably tells you what you need to know about her. Sorry. Um, Yeah. And I feel like it's funny that you talk about like the teacher being hot. We had such, I'm going to use this word again because I know Brent hates it. There's such a dearth of hot teachers. Not that stupid word. There's such, there's such a dearth of hot teachers at Charter. Like, oh my goodness, there were so few of them. I remember one year, uh, this this one teacher got fired for being a pedophile, and he was replaced with this like 25 year old like default face white man. 
but because <laughs> Brent, you have no idea what I mean. What is a default face? <laughs> default face is where if someone were like, picture a white guy, you'd come up with that guy. Like, it's just like, you would never be able to pick him out of a crowd. <laughs> If you if showed me a lineup of men and you're like, which one's Mr. Oaks? I would probably get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get it now. Okay. I love how you knew I didn't know what you meant. That was my favorite part so far tonight. I could just tell by your expression. <laughs> I was just like, this is not being communicated properly. <laughs> um, but yes, he was like default face white man. But because he was 25, like all of the girls and a couple of the gays at charter we're just like oh my gosh mr oaks so hot i'm just like please love yourself (laughs) but there were just there were so few there weren't that many hot teachers at charter because most of them were old and like there there was like i was gonna say there was probably a silver fox but i literally can't think of one yeah everybody at my school was just obsessed with this one professor I don't even know what everybody was obsessed oh he taught math that's what it was and I was just like what do y'all see in him like meanwhile I'm one of the gayest ones that you could probably think of like I at the school at least I I just didn't I didn't see it and all of the girls went crazy. And like, I don't really have a type, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I like to go for anybody and anything, essentially. Oh, my. Yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> understand it. I'm like, what? Yeah. People would say, oh, he just had a big butt. I'm like, is that really what we're looking for when we're like 15 or 16? Just who has a big butt? Does that make them attractive? Is that the bar? Like <laughs> the bar is in hell. <laughs> I love that you're just like, now listen, I love men. Yeah, well, but, I do, but I'm just like. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm totally with you. I felt the same way about Oaks. It's like, listen, I also love men, but like, whatever. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like for those at home, Brent is showing us a picture of this uh, teacher and he does in fact have default face. He looks like he belongs in the military. What are we doing? Wes, are you saying he looks like a thumb? Yeah. <laughs> He does look like a thumb. That was another thing too. And I mean, I feel like I can't judge based on like how anybody looks or whatnot because I had I was the kid who had crushes on teachers, particularly if they liked me, and it didn't really matter so much what they look like. I mean, I've I've always been into DILFs, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that any of these teachers were, except for maybe Mr. Gross. Okay, please don't listen to this, Mr. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but overall like you know um a lot of them were probably not actually like very attractive but like they treated me nice and they were interested in things that I was interested in and I was like please love me your crushes were based on vibes yeah the funniest thing about my school's GSA and the whole like advisor thing was just that our advisor for the GSA was the oldest teacher in the school it was this ancient old little French speaking woman we all called her madame and she was just like the GSA grandma I do wonder about some of the teachers I had in middle school going into high school because looking back like I had a teacher who like I didn't want to go to the school dance and he was like you should go to the school dance not like with me but like for some reason he wanted like his wife was going to be there and he wanted me to meet his wife and it was just like very weird 
now that I think about it and I was just like okay I guess I'll go and I mean he was like nice and normal but and so was his wife but it was just like like he was like one that I felt like he wanted to adopt me like legitimately Uh, yeah so I don't know and he was actually my eighth grade social studies teacher I will not say his name I don't think any of my teachers ever wanted to adopt me and it just like yes an hour and a half of you every other day is fine (laughs) that's enough that's good (laughs) the teacher attractiveness thing too is also just so funny to me because I feel like I'm not an accurate judge of how hot the teachers were at charter because I have pretty specific tastes and I don't think they align with very many other people's Because there were teachers that I thought were hot and then I'd like talk to other people about it and they'd be like, what the f***? (laughs) Yeah, that was largely my experiences. Except for like Mr. Gross. That was like the one time we were all aligned. (laughs) We were all united in that. But generally, that's how it went. Yeah. There was one other incident that I did want to talk about from my school years that Mm -hmm. was very strange now that I think about it is that when I was in eighth grade amongst the guys and particularly like the little emo scene guys. So like mm-hmm. I was very aware of this trend. They went with to, you know, how like girls steal their boyfriend's hoodies and stuff like that. And that yeah. sort of, especially during this time and it's all like this cute thing. Well, they took it where it was like, they literally exchanged hoodies. And so they would wear their girlfriend's hoodies and she would wear his hoodies and it was like this cool like you know f the gender norms because i mean they were already wearing really like tight clothes at this time because like against the emo and scene guys so i mean there's already that sort of like gender mishmash just a little bit you know not not extreme no one's wearing dresses or skirts but just that little bit of like doing the eyeliner straighten our hair wearing like you know pink and purple hoodies that are like super form-fitting that kind of thing and so they started wearing their girlfriend's hoodies that were literally like probably two sizes too small and they were from pink and all that (laughs) and it was like this cute thing and then what happened was that the eighth grade dean of students who was an actual devil spawn you know to the point where i got in trouble for twilight trick but that's neither here nor there Um, (laughs) you got in trouble for what for for wearing a twilight shirt Um, but whatever. Oh so I mean, no like, vampires. and this is also like so much drama, but th- it was like a, like a eighth grade wide assembly she called because she was only the dean of eighth grade students, I guess, seventh and we had some six. They had different deans, so they were not affected by this, I guess. But she called this huge assembly and was like, no cross dressing allowed. And she was like, you cannot wear any clothes from the opposite gender blah 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 and it was specifically targeting these guys who were wearing their girlfriend's hoodies and it was like not even like nothing that they were wearing were even revealing they weren't wearing like their girlfriend's tank tops to school or anything they were just wearing their hoodies and they were like too small and sometimes you know you would see a little you know boxer short band because they didn't have the hoodie to cover it and stuff but like and it would look a little bit like a crop top hoodie but again they weren't shirts underneath so yeah. it wasn't revealing it was just whatever it was just yeah. a silly thing they were doing but it turned into this huge thing where it was very like they explicitly banned like if we find that you're wearing like you know the wrong gender's clothes like you're getting suspended it's like 1960s new york yeah yeah you must be wearing at least three items of the correct gender <laughs> 
Uh, those buttons are on the wrong side. Yeah. Into the that, van ye go. <laughs> into the paddy wagon. That's so funny. That reminded me. I think one of the reasons why, like, the homo and that sort of thing didn't get leveled at me very much is because I think it got mostly leveled at my best friend. He was also kind of like an emo boy, but like he didn't super dress like an emo boy. He was still wearing like the tight pants and like the hoodies and that sort of stuff. But the reason why he got a lot of it was because he was a white boy with ear piercings, which was seen as like effeminate and a weird thing to do. And he was also friends almost exclusively with girls. And he would, I feel like a lot of times when it's like a guy that's friends almost exclusively with girls, he's either like a ladies man or gay. That was me. All my friends were girls. Unfortunately, my best friend ended up getting put into the gay category. And I have no idea whether that's true or not. I don't think it was. But people still thought he was gay because he was friends with me and like a bunch of other girls and like not many guys. He wasn't like athletic or anything like that. I do wonder that if I continued to be like a tomboy into middle school because I started dressing more effeminately and then like the scene kit stuff was my own choice. But like sixth grade, seventh grade, I was dressing more femininely to avoid being bullied. I wonder if I had just like continued being very tomboyish, if people would have assumed that I was a lesbian or something like that, especially since I was hanging out with him. What's that look, Brent? What are you thinking? I mean, my experiences were very limited because I went to a Catholic school for grade school and I blended in. That was the base of my grade school experience was me just blending in and not trying to stand out just because I knew I was different and I didn't feel like dealing with the bullying and stuff because I was already dealing with that in the first place and I feel like making it worse. Yeah, that's fair. I was not that smart. Yeah, I, I didn't either. have a very adverse grade school experience minus the fact that if I went to the bathroom and people came in I was extremely scared and left immediately <laughs> I was I really didn't because you know we have a uniform policy because it's Catholic school so like okay. people couldn't like express themselves with clothes we all had to wear the same clothes so like yeah I mean that's what it came down to I really didn't have much for this. Now, if it was like college or like, yeah, college, I probably would have had more, but. Yeah, we had uniforms at Charter, but they weren't like the kind of uniforms that Catholic schools have. Oh no, I had a button up shirt with a tie and a sweater. I had to wear at all times in high school and grade school. So. Looked like a little British boy. Yeah, Uh, I could probably find pictures at some point that I can show you guys but yeah I I didn't really you guys had some pretty weird experiences for grade school and high school and I did not I mean I and and that was just me trying to stay on topic (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I didn't have any of that I guess I didn't really think my experiences were that weird because I hear people talk about like bullying and stuff like that all the time. And I didn't really think that my stuff was all that different from like, yeah, kind of normal bullying that like neurodivergent kids go through. Because again, like, I don't really think that I was singled out as being that kind of queer around the ages that I was actually bullied. Because I didn't get bullied in high school. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I ended up going from what was a school that 
was not very progressive like at all which apparently has changed my sister went to the school I went to for um, middle school she went to it for middle school and high school and apparently it has a GSA and stuff now which is wild to me but I went from that sort of environment where like nobody was out like big bullying culture to charter where the bullying culture did not take on like the kinds of forms that it took on in Conrad. There were a lot of like physical fights at Conrad, but that wasn't really something that happened at Charter. They didn't really have a, they, they had a very low tolerance for physical altercations. Although I'm pretty sure that the kind of bullying besides the physical bullying was still something that very much happened at charter i just actually found a friend group of like the weirdos at charter like i managed to find other people that were like me so i think i managed to avoid a pretty significant amount of bullying but i also in high school i went super femme and i wore like a ton of makeup i was much more like conventionally attractive than i was in middle school like i came into my own in a much more significant way. So I think that part of me being bullied in middle school was that I was considered ugly, like I was an ugly kid. Yeah, like I was a weird kid, like the Twilight era, people were convinced I was a vampire for some reason because I was so pale. There were no pale people at my school. (laughs) Let me tell you, this handsome man you guys are talking to right now did not exist back like 15 years ago I promise I was very ugly growing up and and in middle school like the kind of people who bullied me turned into like the dudes that would like would follow me around the hallways and stuff like that because they did not get the message that I wasn't a girl and that I was not interested in their greasy business and so like that sort of changed for me in that a lot of the people who were bullying me uh, and I think part of it also was charter had such a heavy academic load it's like do you really have the time to not just like socialize with your friends but to bother to try and go out of your way to do stuff to other people in my experience the kind of people who would have bullied me just were not interested in taking out the time to do that sort of thing. High school was definitely when I got more homophobic stuff, but there was sort of like a cultural understanding, I think, amongst the people who would have bullied me or like attacked me for like homophobic or transphobic reasons that they, if if I took that to the administration, the administration would side with me. The school's sort of like policy on that sort of thing was generally to side with queer kids over homophobic kids and that was definitely something that created like this victim complex and like the homophobic kids of just like they don't even want to hear our opinions why can't we make like an anti-lgbt club and it's just like uh because no (laughs) like what (laughs) no yeah Yeah, I feel like the nature of the bullying changed a lot in high school and like kids were like more accepting and whatnot in general there uh, we had I had a lot of like there there were quite a few queer kids that I knew in middle school including one other person who is came out as trans and I'm like (laughs) woo. but in high school 
there was even more people who were just like out and there were a lot of like not again not like really as trans but like as like you know gay and bi and lesbian and stuff so it was mm -hmm. like more accepting in that respect but again there was like these it was it was very like teachers were homophobic and things like that and it was like it depended on sort of like the groups that you were in and also since we're votech it all there was a lot of stuff like about between shops and stuff and because like a lot of our shops are very different from each other so like i was in chem lab and we also had things like digital media and graphic arts and then we also had the cosmetologists and then we also had a whole other building of people who were nursing and then we also had the hvac and the plumbing and the carpentry and the auto tech so you had all these different people and we we're we're all choice technically like we all had to like apply to get in but like nobody's turned away unless like you were like really you know off the walls like not a good kid it was more like behavioral stuff than like grades or even but we didn't really have fights it was just a very weird group i think i feel um, like the because bullying of that. Got worse like i feel like the type of bullying that occurred via grade school and high school was heightened and worsened as i got into high school because yeah. that was when social media kind of like really started to come out more in like 2010 2011 2012 and 2013 like that's when it really started booming more than it did in those years prior for me at least that's so funny because that's actually when my cyberbullying kind of stopped like yeah everybody had it like before it was for me like okay i had a myspace so did i <laughs> myspace era okay yep. so 2006 to even i would say the end of 08 and it a lot of us but not everybody had one right and so it was like mm -hmm uncharted lands okay totally anonymous like you could say anything to anybody no worries and then I felt like once it started getting to like 2010 and above like everybody was on like Facebook MySpace had died everybody was migrating to Twitter and whatnot and things were just much more regulated and maybe not even regulated to the point of like you know it was going to be taken down or whatever but at least regulated to like, if you said something, that person is going to tell their parents or whatever, their parents are going to see it's going to be a whole thing you're going to get, you know, there are going to be consequences because of it versus back then, like, you never, you didn't want to, you didn't, I mean, I didn't want to tell my parents about anything and I didn't. And I was like, my MySpace is my space. <laughs> it's my space. <laughs> okay. No one's going to know anything about it. And so um, I feel like it actually kind of lessened, but I think again, that's, these are all things that it depends on where you are and stuff because yeah and like I said like we were all such a weird group of kids in the high school because we're all there for completely different reasons and then the way that trade school works is that once you are put in your shop at the end of freshman year that's who you're in classes with 80 mm -hmm. 75 to 90 percent of the time like you're taking classes with your shop and you have like a whole thing, like, you know, if you're in this shop, these are the classes that you're technically going to take, you know, that you're, that everybody takes. And sometimes you'll have some digital media kids and sometimes you'll have some nursing kids, but that's it. Like you don't touch other shops, you know, they have their own like class schedules and, and whatnot. So we're very like, we're just very separated.
Yeah, I feel like in regards to like the cyberbullying thing, that was kind of also my experience because in like middle school, we're talking around like 2008, 2011, back when cell phone numbers did not have caller ID. So you would get like random hate text from people. And because I was still like talking to the people who had previously bullied me, uh, like I would get random texts from random numbers and it would turn out to be like one of the bullies, like boyfriends or some shit just to say to like text me to tell me that I was like a loser. But like in high school, you know, everybody got smartphones that sort of thing like the anonymity was not really a thing anymore and a lot of stuff moved to like Facebook and Instagram where like if you like send someone DMs in Instagram it's attached to their name like there is no way of being like no that wasn't me it's just like yes it's very obviously you use the thing called like what is it form spring or like what is it yik yak like things like that. That's what a lot of kids in high school and my high school used to bully other people to make it anonymous. And then they would also spread rumors as well. Rumors were huge at my school, let me tell you. I mean, for sure. See, I I feel like I was not, I didn't have my ear to the ground. So I would not know about a rumor unless someone like felt the need to tell me directly that it was happening. Like I would hear like the super like, around the school rumors like this teacher is a pedophile like you know that sort of stuff but the sort of like this person is dating this person like that sort of thing like never really reached me and like yeah again like I ended up being in the group with the weird kids in high school and so I do think that there is kind of like the safety in numbers type thing that whereas in like middle school I had like my two friends who were the weird kids and then my other friend group which was literally just the people who had bullied me in sixth and seventh grade but I had somehow been Stockholm syndromed into thinking they were my real friends now. I just think it's funny looking back now all the people that bullied me turned out ugly. Oh my god Brent.